the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita. I write what I live, my life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow, just like the demeanor. I'm feeding my fam, I'm feeding the meter. Uh, they got the iron while I got the steamer. I bring the fire, but you never seen her. I testify, I don't need a subpoena. They want my soul better go to Korea. I love my dog just like I'm Peter. Gotta protect them. I made the call up, but just like I'm rapping. I know we left here, now we back together, but I guess that is better now. Later than never, like, uh, what's Welcome back to this week's edition of Black and White Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio. <clears throat> These are some really good headphones. I can hear everything. It's like illuminated. Uh, you know, uh, there's just so much going on um, that has transpired the, the past week since I was last on air. So I had to reach out to somebody that I really wanted to get here. You know, he's been faking me out <clears throat> and basically saying, no, I can't come back to black and white because, you know, you guys are rhinos now. Yeah, so. <laughs> didn't want to be associated. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to reach out to the Bishop of Truth to get him back into the studio to talk about some of the most pressing issues. Uh, we got another, we got a black um, Supreme Court female justice, uh, a woman. I mean, mm-hmm. I, what do we call? Do, do we? Well, we def- can't call her a woman because she can't identify that. Right. So it's just a thing. I guess. Where are the woman women right groups that are? They spent so many decades fighting for for equality. Absolutely. You know, I have not heard one voice. Come out and say anything. Oh, they've been quiet on a lot of issues. They haven't spoken up about men competing against women. Yeah. You know, in those things and how that's destroying women. So they're yeah. absent. Right. So Bishop of Truth, welcome back to Black and Right. Man. Coming in hot like a fajita today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you guys know the troublemaker himself causing trouble. And, 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 and Rolan, now you, you says you, 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 as soon as you, you gave me a, you sent me a text. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm ready to come in because I'm, I'm mad. Because upset. somebody on Sean Thompson's show at the end of the sh- was this at the end of the show? The end of the show, right after I called. Basically, right after you called, basically called us what? Rhinos. And I, and I was blown away. It was a black guy, right? Oh. So he called in to talk about who he wanted to vote for because Sean talks about Gary Rayburn. And he wanted to riff against Sean. He said he agrees with Sean 90, 99% of the time. But he wanted to riff about who Sean likes mm-hmm. as far as Gary Rayburn and wanted to say who he wanted to vote for. So Sean asked him who he wanted to vote for, and he said Richard Irvin. Wait, huh? Wait, huh? Wait. Uh, wait. Did, did you say who? Richard Irvin. Uh, oh, 
Now, I was expecting Sean to ask a question that I'm going to ask okay. if this if he's coward. Listening. No, he listens. He listens to this I show. You got to call him a coward. He's a, I don't know his name. <laughs> you got to call him a coward. But, but to call <laughs> another show. When Lack of listen, knowing his name, we just call him coward. I'm going to call him a coward <laughs> because he doesn't have the grapefruits to call this show that he listens to. Okay. To directly get in our face, the two rhinos, right? Right, and defend his position. And I'll defend his that. position. Yeah. Because I got a question that I thought Sean would ask, but I'm not going to say it oh, unless. Come on. I'm not going to say it unless he doesn't call. And, and then you, okay. Then I'll, because he has three hours to call. But I want to talk to this man directly, and I want to ask him a couple of questions. Yeah. So, sir, you're out there listening. If you're listening, you know who you are. You, you know, know who, who he is. Come on out. Of yeah. course. He's the only one that, that, that whole uh, three hours that said Rhino. But since that has been established, let me just say this disclaimer that the views and opinion of these two rhinos in here do not reflect on Caesar LaFleur, who's a true conservative with a biblical worldview. So I don't want nobody to think I'm associated with y'all too close. Now, I admit, though, if he would have if he would have said this nine years ago, he Mm would have been right. Okay, Mm -hmm. nine years ago. You were right on. Oh, man. It took Dan Prof and Sean Hannity and Sean Thompson. Sean Thompson. To bring me 360 on four issues. 180. A 180. Okay. Wait, 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 Caesar. This is the same guy that, what, a couple of weeks ago said that the French actor, you know that French actor, that the Juicy Smollett, Juicy Smollett. <laughs> um, that what he did was just a prank. This is the same but guy. See, but see, that wasn't one of my issues. What is wrong that with made, you? That made me a rhino. That's not an issue that made me a rhino. No, that just makes you d- delirious. That just, that's <laughs> Delusional. That's, that's Delusional. Just, I, that's just <laughs> me giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Okay. My issues that I've come 180 on was the police. Okay. John knows this yeah. firsthand. Now I'm 100% behind you the still, police. You still hit them a little bit, though. Obamacare. And, and they need a little hitting because oh, police need some reform, but oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. The bad apples do. Mm-hmm. Not- Ob- Obamacare, which Sean Hannity, everything he said was right. Right. Mm-hmm. My big thing with Dan Prof was Chicago Public Schools now for the vouchers. When you, you, weren't, you weren't supportive of vouchers? Not at first. Mm. I, well, I, I believe that uh, it was a... It was a need for Chicago Public Schools. So did you think Chicago Public Schools were working? Did you think that they were deserved being protected? See, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the actual numbers until Dan put them in my face. And right. I said, wait a minute. My kids, principal and teachers, they said they listened to you and you're wrong. And they was going to give me the numbers. Mm-hmm. So I went up there and talked to the principal. Not about my kid. Hey, man, I need these numbers. I'm, I'm always debating this guy, mm-hmm. and I need this, the numbers. I'm just talking hot air. Right? Couldn't give me the numbers. But 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 he he didn't. Couldn't give me no. But wait any wait numbers. wait wait. He, he this per, this person. I'm not gonna call him a coward. You know oh. I don't I don't do the name calling. Uh, maybe that's why I'm called a rhino because I'm not I'm not willing to to name call. I'm not willing. I believe people should have their own opinions and. Oh. Um, even though I, even though I disagree with most of the people that a lot of people that come on the show, you know that. Yeah. But because I, I give them the space to have that opinion, is is, is that what makes me a writer? No, no, no. Well, you know, I hate to be quoting the Reverend Al Sharpton, but he says this all the time. You can have your own opinions, but you can't have your own facts. True. And I don't want to debate you based on opinions. That's subjective. I want to base based on the facts. What's real? In this, and so what is objective? What? So we can get beyond just the. Well, this. I don't name call. Mo- I don't, don't care. I'm calling him a coward because he listens to this show. Did not call into this show to confront us. Right. He called someone else's show right. and riff and put him Maybe on he's the defensive. Not. Maybe he's not a conservative. No, he said he, he said. Well, he did. He said he said he's a Republican. 
Okay. Yeah. And that doesn't mean he's a conservative. Right. And right. then, you know, you got conservatives who are just fiscal conservatives. You know, Mitt Romney. Those, right. right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mitt Romney, uh, Liz Although, Cheney. I mean, yeah, I'm well, stripping that conservative well, off of him. He's a coward until he calls here and confronts us. <laughs> if you he's throw a, a stone and hide your hand, or if you accuse somebody of something and you're not willing to stand behind it and justify it, well, then coward applies. You know, Thank just you. say your behavior well, is well, cowardly well. if I don't want to call you a coward. Well, that's cowardly behavior. Well, he'll be a coward if he doesn't call. But we're telling you, call in, man, because this yeah. is your chance. We're yeah. calling you it's out. your opportunity. Point out where I'm a rhino. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Please, because I'm pro-life. And that was the last you know, one. That was the last I'm one. I'm pro-family. That was, he he yeah. just took the last one. Because I grew up, I mean, I grew up, but I raised a whole house full of girls mm-hmm. And then, you know, my right. significant other at the time. Right. It's hard to kind of tell them, you know, uh, you're going to have to be pro-life and there's no there's no real reason for pro-choice. And yeah. that's really murder and everything else. It's hard to argue with uh, uh, what? how many women was it? It was four women, four women in the house. OK, listen, you know, it was the pro-life issue that really called me to conservatism and had me really be to look around and kind of just really understand where, where my positions were and why I was holding them. But I, I'd identify this way. I have a biblical worldview, which is going to make me conservative. Yeah. You wait, know? wait, wait. wait. We've, um, we had Stacey Washington, Stacey on the right on last week. Okay. She wrote a new book. And yeah, I know. That's what she talked about. Right. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she basically said, you know, I'm, I'm a conservative with, with uh, a biblical worldview. Biblical worldview. That's but, right. but mm-hmm. you know, you said, you said you can't have your own facts. Remember, today, that's irrelevant. There, what is facts now? Right. I mean, facts are being questioned. What is truth? That truth is being questioned. <laughs> right. You know, truth is subjective, oh, right? Absolutely. I gotta answer in for, in I gotta, this postmodernist yeah. world, there is no... Right. I, I got to answer for what you were talking about as far as where's the women's groups and everything. Uh, two weeks ago, I said they were bought off. No. You know, I changed my opinion. Who? The women's, women's group. The women's group. Oh. Right. Now... They look. don't want to face the fury of the most dangerous group that nobody else wants to go up against. That's what we the, do as the, the alphabet, the alphabet, the LG, the the alphabet people. Yeah. The alphabet people, <laughs> yeah. like, like Stephanie Trust was saying. Right. Yeah. Nobody on the left wants to take them on. Yeah. Because Why? they're powerful. They're powerful. Right? And they got a lot of money. Yeah. But 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 again, to my point, oh, does this make me a, 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 a rhino? Because even in having that conversation, I think they're bullies. But because they don't they don't allow conversation to be had on their point of view. Right. You can't even you can't even discuss mm-hmm. anything. You they, can't discuss they frame the discussion. You, you can't can discuss mm-hmm. why a male who was ranked four hundred and sixty two went to number one <laughs> when he jumped into the women's um um swim meet. Yeah. You know, you can't even have that discussion without being called what? A homophobe. Yeah. A xenophobic. Mm-hmm. I mean all these phobias. You know, you can't have those discussions. Guess what? We're going to have those discussions here. That's right. You know, I, I don't agree. I mean, we, we don't even agree on everything. That's right. I you don't know? agree with nothing. <laughs> and vice versa. Right. Right. But, but, but if that guy's listening, hey, do me a favor. Call in and explain yourself because I want to be protected. If these guys are rhinos oh, and you can God. prove it, I'm out of here, dude. You yeah. know, and tear up my phone number. Well, let me, help you, let me help you with that. There's the door right there. Oh, you my can leave God. Right I, I done got thrown off a radio show. You can, go left. you can go right now. I've been put out of better places by oh, better people. Wow. Wait, wait, but but I've, Caesar, I've known you for 20 years, so yep. you know I, I'm I, nowhere near a rhino. I know. Uh, you listen to the Black and White Radio on AM560 Answer. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. 
To Black and Red Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, sitting in studio with his Illinois for Trump red hat on. Come at me. Call me a rhino. <laughs> never, never. Uh, Rilan, Bishop, um, I, I, I was perusing through TikTok. And I, I forgot. I forgot the name of the school district that that this next audio clip I want to play, um, uh, came from. But this school board had approved this book, and I want you to. I want. I want to. I want to play the audio, and I want to get. Yeah, yeah. I want to play the audio, and I want to get you guys's um, analysis of this. I want. I want you to. And we'll we'll start with the bishop because you know people tired of hitting the rhino talk, so we'll let the bishop talk first. <laughs> All right. uh, listen to this audio. Listen to this in, in this, this exchange between a parent and one of the school board members. Here we go. I guess I didn't, George. I guess I didn't turn it on. There we go. Here we go. Here's an excerpt, and I'm going to really try to be careful so I don't get kicked out. Excited now, he pushed into her. As she squeezed her eyes and tightly as she could, her tongue circled her lips. He pushed harder, his breath heavy and labored. She scratched his back and he cried out. She bit his ear and pulled his hair. There's a lot more to it. Now watch this. Fifty Shades of Grey and CCSD. Excuse me. Yes. We have children at home. I know streaming and, and it's really not a Don't you find the that. irony in that? You're exactly saying exactly what I'm telling you. Bishop. Oh, my God. You know, I wish I could say I'm surprised by that, but I'm not. Uh, you, you know that I work for the Illinois Family Institute. And I'm the field director for the public school exit project. And we're saying that the public schools, the government schools are broken beyond repair. And we're saying parents, really Christian parents especially, you need to get your children out, out of them. Because this is the kind of thing that's being pushed. I call it grooming. They are preparing children to be able to pursue a lifestyle that's more in line with the leftists than it is in line with their parents. And this sexualization that's going on in the public school curriculum is unbelievable. I recommend everybody watch a short video on YouTube called The War on Children, The Comprehensive Sex Agenda, and you will see just how wild this yeah. stuff is. Yeah. They've got a, a, a book called It's Perfectly Normal, yeah. that the images in that book were too pornographic to show on the floor of the Congress, but yet they say this is okay for fourth graders. There is a school district out in San Francisco that's teaching pedophilia as an alternative lifestyle under the guise of teaching Greek uh, history. Yeah. But a parent did the same thing this lady did, says, hey, how dare you do that? And that superintendent was so condescending to her, saying, you're, you're not progressive enough. These children need to be exposed. Oh, wow. And so this is what we're dealing with, right. and it's not a surprise to me. And, and, and Valon, should we be teaching this to kids? No, it, it's, it doesn't even make common sense. A kindergartner, first, second, third grader. I was just mixing it up on, on, on Progressive Radio with, uh, with Keith uh, Thornton. We had mm-hmm. in the studio about oh, this. Love. Shout out to Keith. Yeah, shout out to Keith. You know, and, and he agreed with me on every issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was tough on crime. It was what he was talking about. I agree with him. And he agreed with me on every issue. We kind of disagree as far as what age they should be exposed to it. He thinks sixth grade. I think more like maybe 14, 15 at the earliest. But that was about it. But these guys on progressive radio and these leftists, 
they are all in. I, I don't know what's wrong with them. They say, oh, they're going to be exposed to it anyway. They're going to see it anyway. It's, gonna, oh, it's all wait, on the wait, internet. Wait. But, but, but doesn't this audio clip prove, does it show that a lot of these school boards are clueless to what's actually in the books that they're approving? Yeah, many are, but many aren't because right. we got to remember this is deliberate. Yeah. There are people in these, you know, uh, the high positions in education who have this as a worldview. Yes. Right. And they think, you right. know, and Agenda 21 <clears throat> says that by 2021 and 2030, everybody on the planet has to be reorientated. We need to change everybody's thinking. And the school wait, 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 system is going to be absolutely re what reorientation. Did you, oh, okay. <laughs> but let, but let me let me tell you something. I'm not with the now I was mixing it up with one of their big time hosts over there. Right, this is what he said. Mm-hmm. I, now I said it's indoctrination. It is okay. But this is what he told me: if you're gonna be gay as a kid or what or an adult or whatever, you're gonna be gay just because they read this material. It's not indoctrination. You're going to be who you're going to be no matter what. But, but here's my question. Whether it's heterosexual or homosexuality, why are you talking about sex yeah. to my kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth grade students? I didn't send them there for that. I sent you to teach them how to do reading, writing, and arithmetic, you know, to, to, to learn those things. I'm the parent. Stop trying to separate Correct. my children from the parents' the influence. Issue. That is the bigger issue for me. Yes. That is the bigger issue for you, me. Mm-hmm. The state thinks they know better than mm-hmm. you as a parent of how to parent your child. You know, Melissa Harris-Perry on, w- on MSNBC said the quiet part out loud when she said people have to get over the idea that their children belong to them. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I played that audio clip right. here. So they don't think that our children belong to us. Right. Our children belong to the collective. And so they need to separate our children from our shallow way of thinking so that they can learn how to live in the collective It's, it's not world. only that. They think you're a caveman. They think you're yeah. ignorant. You're behind the time and you're not what? Progressive enough. You're not progressive right. enough. You're a conservative. You right. want to conserve. Right. You, want to, you want to keep it the old way. That, that's, they're, they're trying to defeat the old way. They're trying to reimagine and transform America. And, and that word oh, that trans- they hate. Trans- well, fundamentally. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, transform about America. And that word that, that they part. hate, that grooming word, yeah. is exactly what it is. I, was, I showed a picture at a presentation of these kids, like, like first and second grade. And they're sitting there. First of all, they're meditating on these prayer rugs. But behind them are four books in their curriculum. One of them is the It's Perfectly Normal, which is that book I just talked about. The other one was, uh, what is it, Amy Has Two Mommies or whatever that, that book is. But then there's a book called The Prince and the prince you ever heard of that Look, a, a book that tells a story to kids it's a storybook that the prince needs to find a wife but instead of finding a wife he falls in love with another prince yeah. <laughs> and those two princes get married and yeah. they're showing that they're trying to teach our children hey, there's nothing wrong with that when yeah. parent might be a christian and go that's not natural that's not godly yeah but they want to be able to have more influence over our well, children than we do right let's get go to out. the phone lines terry has, terry has a, a interesting point terry from chicago welcome Hi. Uh, that that uh, sexual stuff taught to innocent children by the Board of Education should be considered a criminal offense yes. because that's exactly what it is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's one thing that I, I keep on telling them. Mm-hmm. Stop robbing our kids of their innocence. Terry hit it right on the head. Right. I did. said, listen, I learned the regular way. I knew I like big booties. I like girls. Uh, you learn the regular way. And the little, the little feminine boys, they knew what they want to do. They hung with the girls and they wanted to do whatever they want. The girl stuff. But you gravitate to what you gravitate to. 
the natural right, way. Right. Well, let the record reflect that the bishop didn't say anything about his booty preference. Right. But Terry's hit it right on the head because actually it was pointed out that those if those images in It's Perfectly Normal, if I was passing those out on the street, I would get arrested. Yeah. If I was showing little kids yeah. that on the street, yeah. they would arrest me. Yeah. So, but then why is it okay to show it in the classroom? Because it's education, right? It's, right. It's education. Thank you so much, Terry. It's education. It's right. indoctrination. And now, they're trying to sexualize our children according to their Kinsey. These are disciples of Kinsey. Right. Kinsey. Yeah. Kinsey. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, now for, for, for the YouTube audience, because, you know, YouTube will, could, could label this as hate. This is a, this is a discussion. <laughs> you know, we're having a discussion about issues that are affecting our kids. Yeah. You know, because YouTube, will, uh, somebody will report the video that we're, we're hate. We're not hate. I'm not. Listen, as the host of this show, I'm not hating on people who live that lifestyle. Absolutely. And I, I, I have some 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 very close friends. Yes. One of my greatest mm-hmm. mentors mm-hmm. Uh, lived the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I am. We are not hating on anybody. And let me be clear for myself as I have a biblical worldview. And the Bible says that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Our issue is not with people. It's spiritual wickedness. And so that's what I'm dealing with, the spiritual wickedness that motivates that. I, my, I don't have a problem with people. You choose the way that you want to live, and I'm okay with that. But my problem is when people, based on wicked motives, think that they can override what my values are, what my morals are, and the, what, the, the standards I set for my family, yeah. and impose theirs on us. See, that's problem my problem. That. My problem is li- live how you want to live. Yes. Just don't force me to agree and, and to have to agree with the lifestyle you choose. Right. Or your delusion. Or, if you're yeah. a man who thinks you're a woman, yeah. I think that's a mental issue. I shouldn't have to pretend that I'm I'm mentally, you know, challenged as well. Yeah. <laughs> Bishop, what's wrong? Did the fly get to you or something? <laughs> you turn around like, what the heck is going on? No. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, you, you listen to the Black and Right Radio on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. Put it in. The right file, according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, do you X, Y, Z? Huh? That's all you have to do. Let's get it to him, baby girl. Hey. That's right. Black and right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker himself and the bishop, causing a whole bunch of trouble already. That, that This first couple of segments... You both, you, you really are troublemakers. Show well, some R E S P I C T. R E S P I C T. Did he spell that wrong? Yeah, yeah real, real wrong. <laughs> okay, hey, listen, I, I, I put something out on social media, and I'd like to get you guys' feedback on this. And uh, here it is. I said, I've changed my opinion. I no longer believe that political support is all about race. It's really about values. Justice Clarence Thomas is black. But he is despised by a majority of black people because of his conservative values. He's a pro-life, pro-family constitutional justice with a biblical worldview, which makes him unacceptable to Democrats and those on the left. The same is true for Ben Carson, Tim Scott, Candace Owens and Judge Janice Rogers Brown. These are black people of significant accomplishment that deserve our respect and not our scorn. But on the other hand. Go ahead. 
On the other hand, newly confirmed Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson is also black. And she's loved by a majority of black people, even though she is extremely leftist. She's a liberal, pro-abortion, soft on crime, and obviously supporting gender fluidity by refusing to define what a woman is. Even with all that, I don't hate her. Right. But I didn't support her because her values and her worldview is different Different. from mine. Yeah. So listen, we have a guest calling in, and we could talk about that a little bit more, but uh, we have a guest on the line who is running for the U.S. Senate, and uh, he is a person from a very uh, prominent family here in Illinois in politics. Uh, He's the son of uh, Alderman Dorothy Tillman. He's running for the U.S. uh, Senate, and I met him the other last week, and I was totally impressed by his boldness and his energy, and he's on the line with us. Jimmy Lee Tillman, welcome to Black and White Radio with John Anthony and his uh, cohorts. Crazy people. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Can I chime in on something that um, last statement you made um, about uh, Judge Jackson, Judge Brown? Yes, absolutely. You made a statement that um, with with Clarence Thomas, how everyone despised him even though they tried to drug him out with a sexual nature with a need to heal in the, the Pepsi can. And here we have um, the Judge Brown going through all this um, sexual deviant behavior behind her. But let me explain something to the black people that might be listening to Black and Right Radio. This is why um, Jimmy Lee Tillman II um, has a problem with the black woman mm. who's um, going to be on Supreme Court justice. Let me give it to you all. Now, me being historian, which I like to brag upon, you can go get my book at TillmanFamilyPress.com. <laughs> Tillman's Handbook of Great Black American Patriots. You can check that out. But what I would like to say is that for years and years and years of our internment here, especially the Southern people, there's been an image of the black woman as an animal and a monkey and not being able to rear her children. Welfare mothers and all of that. And there's been a uh, little race of people that's been trying to, not all people, but a little segment of a race of people that have been trying to put the black woman as lower than that. And then when the woman came up there and said she did not know what the woman was, not going on the biological aspect of the game, but let's just say, I don't know what a woman is. There's a certain part of a segment that you played into a racial stereotype of being a black woman mm. that no one really talks about because you right up there, you might as well came up there with some pancakes and watermelon. And oh, said, my God. How y'all doing? Because yeah. the, they look in the, you know, there's a certain population that look upon black women as not capable, capable of raising their children or being mothers at all. And so you have a black woman with all these degrees, right? You know, right. Uh, made so many accomplishments, can come up there and cow tow to a stereotype that she probably didn't know she was playing for, but there's a stereotype that black women do not know how to raise their kids or be mothers at all. Right. I appreciate that. Thank you, Jimmy Lee. But we wanted to have you on today because you're running for the U.S. Senate and uh, you're running as a yep. conservative Republican in the primary, which might be surprising to a lot of people. But can you tell me, how is it that you came to be a conservative Republican growing up in the heart of Chicago in Cook County? What was your, your road here and what made you want to run for the Senate? Okay, well, <clears throat> well, my fat. Well, most blacks are conservative, whether they know it or not. Well, the old school blacks, the old century, the old world blacks are conservative ones that believe in family, faith, and you know, freedom—the fight for the freedom that came up from the South. So we do have conservative values, but here in Chicago, you know, there's, there was only one ticket, one game you can play, 
and that was a democratic game. But we all must remember in the 80s, blacks rose to power playing that game by the election of Harold Washington and all the powerful movements that they did at that time. So it'd be difficult for somebody outside of something want to be part of a progressive black movement to not be a part of that. But being a Tillman, we did things kind of different. We was all about, you know, um, small businesses, black empowerment. We was more had conservative values on a black level than most of the party. Yeah. So when basically um, the party came, my hey, 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 Jimmy, said, no, you too black. Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, yes, sir. <laughs> let's continue this. We, 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 we have to head to break. So let's continue this discussion, you know, after the break. Uh, I, I remember old Dorothy, Dorothy Tillman because yeah. I'm, I'm from Chicago, That's 21st Ward, 53rd Precinct. And I've been in a lot of different events with your mom, and she was a firebrand. She yes. didn't take. She went after everybody as, as well. She wasn't. She wasn't your right. typical Democrat at all. And she just. She did not care. More with um, Jimmy Lee Tillman after the break. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm on Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with the troublemaker and the bishop of truth himself. Before the break, we were speaking to U.S. Senate candidate Jimmy Lee Tillman uh, about why he became a conservative. Jimmy, why are you conservative, especially yes. in deep blue Chicago? And, and and are you seeing that, you know, are you seeing more blacks being comfortable to come out to say that they are a Republican? Well, I'm also the president. I didn't drop this off of the Martin Luther King Republicans, which is a black Republican organization that was founded right after Barack Obama, the day after Barack Obama took office, really after the Grand Park incident, when they meeting, not incident, after the, um, the Grand Park celebration. I formed the Martin Luther King Republicans just for this moment that we're living in right now that um, blacks can have a soft place here in Cook County at first to be able to um, come understand conservative policies. I'm with the Heritage Foundation. I'm a Sentinel and I'm a fellow at the um, Academy. So what I try to do is educate a lot of blacks on conservative policies that, first of all, affect us directly. All, 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 overall, in general, all blacks benefit from conservative policies, but to educate them, I like to go to the bottom basic line, like Hell's Chicken need a tax break, Sandy's Barbershop. You know, you get a tax break. So I, you know, educate them how you also are business, also and about school choices and stuff like that. But we formed the Martin Luther King Republicans because after Barack Obama took office, we was in a Trump hotel on everything. Everybody we was in a Trump hotel. Me, and my sister, a couple of pe- people from Central State University. I looked out the window and like a shock hit me. And I told everybody, like a premonition, like it was over. Everybody looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, it's over for black people. The Democratic Party going to say they're done with us. Everybody tripping. No, we got a black president. I said, no, nah, it's done. They're going to say we gave you Barack Obama. Don't ask us for nothing else. That's it. I'm telling y'all. So right then, I said, I'm following Martin Luther King Republicans. That's it. We're done. They already had a Frederick Douglass Republican. So I said, we're going Martin Luther King. Forget it. We're going to do the principle of Martin Luther King. It's all about content of character. We're about to take it over. Now, right after Barack Obama took office, the Democratic Party made a move on my mother, Dorothy Tillman, because they felt that she was too powerful. She the one got Barack Obama elected senator. You know, she the one that she here's, here's this black woman that's doing all this power and she's not 
you know, she's not speaking a democratic talking point. She's not saying, oh, we victims. You know, she's saying we can do things. Wow. And she's been doing that for years. Yes. Uh, uh, Sir, sir, Mr. Tillman. I want to ask you, I want to ask you something. Now, I I hear your mother in you. You know, I I, I listen to your mother. I listen to your mother's radio show. You know, you got that same swag that your mother has. But someone like me, okay, what conservative values can you tell me that you stand for, conservative issues other than tax breaks that you stand for to make someone like me vote for you, even though I'm a rhino? You know, I I mean, you know. I'm a rhino okay. and everything, but I, I just want to know about conservative values you stand behind that would make someone like me vote well, for you. It all depends on, like, I'm going, because you're black, not going on white. We're going to just deal on a black issue. Are we talking about, like, black people? Not It's going, like, it's depending on what area that I'm in. If you, let's say, mm, 16 to 26, let's go constitutionality. Let's talk about the amendments that have been stripped from you by certain seizure, no-knock warrants. Not the right to carry a gun. Don't you know you're a citizen of this great country that they send you deny these rights? What kind of person are you? What constitutional rights are you living under? There's two constitutional I, I, ones I, that I have to. I, I have to push back on you because I'm a, number one. Most Republicans, black or white, don't do identity politics. And number two, I I'm not, I really don't do I identity politics. To- I was going on the question asking as you asked me as a black man or as a, a Republican. I'm asking you as I'm asking you as a conservative. You running under the banner I'm of like, conservative Republican. Wait, Republic. let him let him okay. finish. Oh, 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 finish. Oh, okay, see, I, I, I see. The problem was I didn't know which audience you was trying to give me to talk to. Right. Because in the general election, I got to make sure the black audience or the Democratic audience was go that way. But let me go on a conservative issue. Would you want to go abortion? Would you go to equality? Whichever act? one you feel whichever comfortable with. with the, whichever black. one you feel comfortable with. Well, well, well. See, most of my issues on the identity politics go to a black level because we want to go to the not for the people. We're going to go for not for the well, for the people act. We're going to strip the Fourteenth Amendment, which gave blacks the right to vote. You see, all these rights are coming in from the Democratic establishment. My friend, are ripping the constitutional right, are, are stripping all Americans from their constitutional rights. You see, they came after the black American with the legal search and seizure, the guns. See, those rights was coming through the drug laws of the nineteen nineties. Now they're coming after all of us. See. Once you look at the Constitution, which is, which gave every American, especially the black man, their freedom, you see, it's not on no what position you stand on. If you are an American and you fight for your rights as an American, it's about the Constitution. You want to go on the right to life, is, a, is an abortion a constitutional amendment? It's not a constitutional amendment. You want to argue that all day. Right to carry. Let's go on our constitutional laws, which makes all Americans American. We have one law. Now, if one group of people are not operating by that law or one political party is stripping one race of people, those rights by the law and a whole nation is not paying attention to that and allow it to happen, which is the situation we are in right now. All Americans, we're crying right now that all our constitutional rights are being taken. But in the 90s, the test market happened to the African-Americans. They didn't look at them as being Americans at that time. No one said nothing. Blacks nor whites when the members have been stripped. Brother, brother, brother Jimmy Lee, just hang now, on a second. We, we, we're going to ask you to hold over for the after the break. We're talking to Jimmy Lee Tillman, okay. who's running in the Republican primary for the U.S. Senate. And so we're, we're hearing some things about him and we want to hear more from him. I want to talk to you about the race on the other side, the winnability. I'm going to remind you of a statement that you made at the candidates forum we had at IFI just a couple of weeks ago and have you to expound on that because I thought that was very profound what you said. And and I'm going to say as a former police officer 
I'm not against no knock warrants. I think I think they're needed. I think people who who've never really had to go on them don't understand the why they're important. I think there can be some reform to it, um, but I think it's I think but they're it's, definitely it's unconstitutional. Yeah. Well, remember, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about this more when we return. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and the bishop of truth. Uh, I just want to quickly say, uh, when it, as it as it pertains to no knock warrants, the, the 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 Supreme Court has ruled on it. I think you look at Wilson versus Arkansas. You look at Miller versus United States. Wong Song versus United States. The Supreme Court has 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 ruled on if it's constitutional or not. So, um, Caesar. So to see that that's it, and this is the problem with the Supreme Court, because if you have a legal search and seizure, you have a warrant. That means I have a legal document to enter your presence. But if you don't have a legal presence, I don't have a right to defend my my house. See, this is why the this is why the Supreme Court is so necessary because of these. Ruling on it's unconstitutional to not come in my house with a warrant. Right, I'm a legal magistrate saying you have a right to search my apartment. So, Jimmy not, Lee, if not you go it, my door to come in my door and I protect myself, right? I'm not trying to be all excited, but let's yeah, that's fine. Well, well, Jimmy Lee, if it's you moments, it's moments like that that strip our constitution on the short run and mm-hmm. us on the long run. Well, Jimmy Lee, if you make it to the U.S. Senate, you'll be able to have a vote on these individuals who will come up uh, for confirmation to the Supreme Court. So we look forward to that. But I want to talk about electability, uh, especially running as yes, a conservative sir. public Republican in Cook County uh, in the middle, the heart of the Democratic machine. You made a statement uh, a couple of weeks ago at our candidates forum when you said to all of those other individuals that was on that that was on that platform that you're able to go and appeal for the votes that they can't get. And so uh, and I imagine you were mentioning meaning the fact that you're black. You come from a black community, a prominent uh, black name, that you're able to go in the heart of Cook County and contend for votes of black people who don't identify as Republican or conservative. Can you talk about that? You know, is that what you were meaning? Yes. Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Upon my interest in the GOP, coming up that story I was telling about me following the model of the King Republicans, I did a test run. I ran for something small called the Water Reclamation Commission. I remember. So that. I said, let me see. Let me see if I can put the uh, black person can run in the Republican Party. It had no issues, no basis. Let me see if I can bring people out. Now, in the primary, I was sprung with the same thing. Most blacks get you a Democrat running here, this, that, and the other. But I'm like, it's what a reclamation commission. I'm not sitting on all policy. So in the primary, I didn't get the same amount of votes as uh, my other Republican person. So I, I saw how that was defeating me. So I had to work hard. To get the last name, the last little spot, World Commission Commission, the last little thing you vote for, I have to stump hard in every little community and tell them, let's send them a message that, you know, let's send them a message. That year I came seventh in the state. What a Reclamation Commission, seventh in the state of everybody that ran from the governor on down. So that's my little point right there. So I just looked at a map and said, let me see where... I can take my message the strongest. I tried to run for Congress. I said I can just come up 20,000, 30,000 votes short. Like I said, 30,000 Democrats, I might get it. Or 30, not black, just Democrats in general. I have a question. The most I, I got question. was 90,000. The most I got was 90,000 at the whole little district. So what I'm saying is, the, the fact of the matter is, my namesake, the fact of the matter is, unlike, you know, the I can argue how it's unconstitutional, 
for have a legal search and seizure, how black people can use guns, how, how our constitutional rights are being stripped from them. You see, people are not explaining the situations to the people in the neighborhoods who rights are being taken from them, who don't feel like okay. they even have okay, rights. Okay, well, let me, let, you wanna, you, you, you're talking about them. rights. You're talking about rights. Do you believe that, do you believe that the rights of permanent interest should be made law? Permanent the interest. The rights of permanent interest. Yeah, permanent interest. The rights of permanent interest, no. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Well, Jimmy, you, uh, we now, got about we got about. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, wait. Why, 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 why do you feel? Hold on, hold on. Wait, why no, do you, wait, Jimmy, be, Jimmy, 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 hold on. You got twenty seconds. Let's talk about you. Where can people find your okay. website? Where can people follow you? You got twenty All seconds. Right, right, permanent interest. Okay, you can find me at www.jimmyleetodc.com. You can find, you can I have a policy page on there. You can find most of my policy programs on the MartinLutherKingRepublicans.com. Or you can find my book, Tillman's Handbook on Great Black American Patriots, which describe all the works from Phyllis Wheatley to, to all, the, all the great yeah. black works that we done up on this earth. It's my attack on CRT. All right. Hey, Jimmy, we got to go. Jimmy D. Tillman for U.S. Senate. We'll be right back. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita. I write what I live, my life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. Hour number two, that first hour went, flew by. Uh, happy to be joined in the studio with the troublemaker and, you know, the Bishop of Truth. If you missed that first hour, go to 560theanswer.com, download the podcast. Uh, I, you know, I... Download the podcast, people. We really, I would really love for you to download the podcast. You know, follow all the social medias. Uh, at Black and White Radio is all of my social media platforms: um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Rumble. So please go ahead and do that. Um, that was a very interesting interview with um, um, Jimmy, Jimmy Lee Tillman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? This is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. This is what I'll say. I love that he's there in the city of Chicago fighting. Absolutely. You know, we mm-hmm. don't have to agree on, on policy, all, all the policy. Um, I, I just like that there's somebody within the city of Chicago trying to fight for the ideals, ideas of conservatism. Absolutely. And, and I'm encouraged by the rise, the emergence of black conservatives yeah. who are actually running for office. You know, you got Jimmy Lee. You know, yeah. you've got Max Solomon, Max Solomon and Latasha Fields. Well, who's a true African-American, uh, Vallant? Absolutely. <coughs> From Africa and he's an American. And he's an American. <laughs> African-American, Vallant. African-American. That's right. One yeah. of my people. One right. of my people. Yeah, of course, but, uh, our friend Stephanie L- Trussell is L- running for lieutenant governor. L- uh, Latasha Fields. Latasha Fields is running for lieutenant yeah. governor. So I'm encouraged to yeah. see blacks who are not ashamed to stand up and go, hey, I'm conservative. This is my worldview. And I'm in politics. You almost both of you almost sound like rhinos. Oh, shit. Oh, because we're talking about black people? No, because you started off with some rhino-type black people, and then you moved into some conservative Don't black pull people me like into Stephanie your, Trussell. Don't you pull me black. down. What? Who's, who's rhino? Huh? Who's rhino? 
Dude, Max. Go ahead, Troublemaker. Go ahead, Solomon. No, no, come on. Troublemaker, let's go. Wait, you call what? You coward? You the coward now? No, I think the guy that we just talked to was a rhino. Okay. No. I'm trying to hold back, but just you want to push me into a corner. (laughs) So, wait a minute. Hold on. Uh oh. Here we go. You think that this guy is a Republican in name only? What do you think? He's a Democrat? No, 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 no. Camouflage? No, no. And And what makes you think that? I was a true Republican. Nine years ago, I wasn't a conservative, and you could have called me a rhino well, nine years ago, but now I'm a conservative. Uh-oh. This guy didn't sound conservative okay. enough. Okay. That's the Bill Buckley rule. Okay. What, mm. What's the Bill Buckley rule? William F. 80-20. Buckley. He has 80-20. No, uh, uh, no 70-30 was Bill Buckley. That's conservative enough. For well, you to embrace well, that. Let me wait, just, let me just ask who, you this. Wait, 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 bitch. Mm-hmm. Who gets the... See, that's... Again. Mm-hmm. Who dictates what's conservative enough? Bill Buckley. I don't... No, he doesn't. Uh, he did back in the day. Rest, see, that's rest why his soul. we call rhinos. So. Right. But hold, I would just have to ask you. The gentleman said he was pro-life. Right. The gentleman said he's pro-family. Yeah. He's for limited government. So he's for all these things that we conservatives supposedly hold dear. What yeah. is it that makes him a rhino? Because you disagree with him on uh, his his approach about, to identity? About, about identity. How big of a card right. did the race card play? All mm-hmm. right. Well, let, let's, let's, let's get, I think, the fastest talking person who, who drops knowledge in 2.2 seconds, Mitchell from Des Plaines. Mitchell, welcome back to hey, Black and Right. What's Good going, afternoon, guys. What's um, going on, Rich Mitchell? Hey, hey, you told me if I ever needed your help. To ask, I'm gonna need your help at eight o'clock in the morning next Saturday, Mitchell. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm right. I'm right there. I'm right there for you. I was there this morning. I did call in uh, for Ricky, and I I totally I'm totally got your back. I can't wait for that episode. Uh, but I want to bring to your attention this whole thing of this race to the bottom of education. Uh, first of all, the first part of the problem is the fact there's technology. The second part is that I have tacit knowledge and experience that the infrastructure of actually public schools and how they're shaped comes from the influence of the principal by his or her, what I call temperament, her, their personality, their disposition, their ideas on politics. If that person has radical left views, that school is going to absorb that. And those teachers have absolutely no uh, idea of the law of supply and demand. They have no business sense. So now you have what I call uh, reverse discrimination at the highest level because they all have to basically fall in line with that. I call that principle of that school. And what I what's happening now is these radical views are bleeding out. Okay, and they couldn't care less because there's a sense of entitlement in the public schools. They don't understand that they're dealing with monopoly money. They don't understand that in the state of Illinois, 86% funds, okay, the public schools. So those teachers and those principals, they are your core problem. And they have to be basically, they have to be held out. They have to be held accountable. And again, folks, there's no oversight. Now, you combine that with technology, Okay, they're getting in the high school level. I saw this firsthand. The the videos that they play, those kids couldn't tell you what's going on because they're so distracted. So you have to understand sexuality in those videos has a dark side. Now, if that's not offset by the parenting at home, then you have a big problem. And what you're seeing now are two clashes of forces. One is the what I call basically common sense, which has been thrown out the window. And you also have what I call an evacuation of people who just checked out after they graduated high school they moved on, they got married, yeah. they have their kids. They couldn't care less about basically making these teachers, these radical nut jobs, accountable. Hey, hey, hey Mitchell, hey, Mitchell, do, yeah. you, do you ever breathe while you're talking? <laughs> <laughs> no, he got a hose hooked up Man, somewhere. No, no, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Tony, you know, it's so funny. You know, it's so funny, John, is that actually I'm asthmatic, right? Really? But because um, I sold pharmaceuticals free. I had my first job out of college for six years. I sold asthma medications. Um, and it was because of my great treatment that I could speak very quickly uh, at a very rapid pace at a cognitive level. Um, and uh, I just, you know what? No one taught me this, John. It's a, it, just, it was natural. And I, and I love your talk show. Thank I you. love the fact that, you know what, that you guys definitely basically break the mold, you know, that you have this temerity that somehow you happen to be black and happen to be Republican or conservative sets off what I call all these flares because the group thing can't handle it. Right. But I tune in every week. And I, I just figure, I, you know, I just, you know, uh, saw, you know, listened to your show over the last few months. It surfaced. And I really appreciate your time. But I'm telling you right now, getting back to education, John and Verlon and your guests, it comes down to technology and an abusive system of public schools. They have no oversight and they're emboldened to say whatever they want. Yeah. You say something. Do you get what I'm saying here, Daddy? I do. <laughs> Daddy O. <laughs> Mitchell, as always, thanks so much for calling, man. Kind of slow down, take a breath. <laughs> thanks so much, Mitchell. Yeah, that was a whole lot. Sure, yeah. I was, like taking a drink from a fire hydrant. Hey, I love Mitchell, man. That's my guy. But he's exactly right. They feel entitled. They're emboldened. Who's going to push back against these teachers and these principals? Nobody. Well, you've got the teachers union, and you have a monopoly on it. You know, especially for inner city parents, they have no option, you know, they, they, they can't afford private schools, so they have no options in public schools. But then he also talked about these teachers. And you got to recognize that these teacher colleges now are producing disciples of this new world agenda. And so more and more, the teachers that are over our students are fully bought into. It's not just the, the principal, it's the school board and the teachers. This is the hottest subject going on right now, but I want to switch gears. I've been wanting to talk about Chicago violence for so long. And I couldn't get the one guy that I want, but we got... Cowboy. Go ahead. Come on, Cowboy. Come on, talk to us about the Chicago violence, which you was trying to, you know, tell the people about. And uh, you end up getting, you know, in trouble for it. So I want you to say, I want you to tell the people in your own words what what happened. Well, you know, um, at the the beginning, um, you know, I'm basically a a regular person. I voice for the people. Everything I do is for the people. And um, I feel like, Nobody's not fighting for our kids. Our kids are coming up missing. Our kids are dying due to the senseless killing that's going on in Chicago, and nobody's talking about it. And I feel like it was nobody that had a voice was voicing the the main thing that needed to be heard. And I felt like when I took my horse on the highway, um, I knew it wasn't illegal to ride a horse on the highway. So a lot of people that don't know that, riding a horse on the highway is not legal. I mean, it's not illegal. Horses have road rights. So I wasn't going on the highway to just to um, go out there just to be getting some attention. But I did get the attention that I was looking for. But um, <laughs> You did. <laughs> yeah, definitely got the attention that I was looking for, even though they put out there that my horse needs to be euthanized, that everybody thinks that my horse is put down to today. No, my horse is not put down. My horse is actually in good condition. Wait, 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 wait. That's what I heard. So the horse is still alive? My horse is in good condition. Did you get your horse back? No, nah, they they actually the only way that I got out of it, they wanted to keep the horse. They wanted to keep the horse. I can have the rest of my, I got the rest of my horses back. They just wanted that horse and a conviction. Mm. So what what's your insight on the mirror? And what well, you know what? Yeah. Uh, we got we gotta go Look at to, you. Gotta hook, <laughs> go to a heartbreak. I'm <laughs> ready to get wait, into the details. Wait, 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 did you see him stumble? I did. He's like, what up? <laughs> but did you put it at the clock? I'm ready to get hey, into the details. Hey, hey, Hoff Daddy, we need to find something when somebody do something like that. <laughs> 
We play an audio clip. Something. That's all, folks. I watch for your cues, man. I watch for your cues. I know, but you also watch the clock, too. But you didn't watch the clock that time. Not that time. Urban Cowboy, hold hold the line, because Valon has some very pressing questions about the city of Chicago, what's happening there. Uh, in this marriage race, uh, maybe you throwing your hat, your name in the ring. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you listening to Black and White Radio on AM560 Answer. I'm John Anthony. He's the troublemaker and the Bishop of Truth. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560 The Answer. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and the bishop of truth. How you doing, cowboy? I got two questions. I got two questions for you, and I want your opinion. Number one, when it comes to the streets, and you're still out there in the streets and you observe things, if you were in charge, what would you do to stem the crime and the violence that's going on out there? You know how would you go about it? We gotta build. A, we gotta build our community back up. It's too many. It, we need. We need more resources in our community that we don't have. And if we had more resources in our community, I feel like these kids don't have much to look forward to nowadays. Besides these phones, the electronics, and I feel like it's more than just having to give them a phone and let them go on about their life. We need to teach these kids the value of life, but these kids don't know what value, the value of life is. These kids don't know what it is to love, like. Me growing up, um, I, I had the love in the house. Even though I was I was a troubled kid growing up, but I still had love. I had the discipline and the hood. The hood was parents. Like we had the hood. The parents was in the hood too. Now these these hoods can't have parents because if you discipline somebody else's kid, it's a problem. If if, yeah. if, if, if you're just joining the show, we're talking with the dreadhead cowboy, uh, the um, Adam. He drew. Uh, I don't want to say drew. He rode his horse onto the expressway. Uh, when you first came out, I mean, it was all love. Everybody loved um, the the Chicago dreadhead cowboy. Um, when you look at, because you said a lot of, did you say gun violence or gang violence? Gun violence. Okay, I I I, I always love to correct people with that. It's gang violence. It's drug. It's it's, it's it's what's happening in Chicago is not gang. It's not drug violence. It's gang violence. Drugs is one of the tools that's used. I mean, um, um, guns. guns are one of the tools that's used to perpetuate the violence. But the biggest problem that's happening in Chicago, and black people are afraid to address it because they, because we we believe in that we have to sweep stuff under the rug. We handle that indoors. Well, we've been handling stuff behind closed doors for hundreds of years, and nothing has changed in our in our in our community, especially in our urban centers, centers, cities. And so, my question to you: How do we fight the gang violence that's plaguing Chicago? Well, if you want to put it that way, they, these kids ain't out here gang banging no more. They, they clicking. It ain't it ain't gang related. Like it ain't gang like we grew up. It's not that no more. Put it so, like this. Put it like that's this. Why I said it's, gun violence because it's now not, they not in gang. It's not a it's not a shot caller like it it was when we grew up, where you had a, a Willie Lord or if you had a specific Jeff Ford, per, Jeff Ford person Hoover. calling the shots. Even in, in in the '90s, you still had uh, certain gang leaders. They locked them all up. He's right. They are they are clicking. You could be a Blackstone and a GD and be you know and and, and be trying to make money. I yep. understand. So I want to lock it down to one thing that you said: resources. 
What particular resources can you point to that black people need to get the community moving forward? Well, I'm going to speak for me on, on my behalf. Me growing up, like, I've never been around a horse a day in my life until three, four years ago. And I feel like the horse changed who I was. Like, I, I them kids that's out there doing that change, I used to be them kids. Right. I just never killed nobody. I never robbed nobody. I never raped nobody. I never molested like that. But everything else, I didn't shot at people. I didn't shot at people. Uh-oh. But I never got to the point that I had to worry about watching my back. I never been in the game. So it took for me to get older just to be around a horse. And I I wasn't like, like, I got, I, my first time buying a horse was 2019. From 2019 to now, I'm a whole different person. I'm a whole different person. Right. I, I was still in the streets 2018. Still yeah. in the street. Oh, go, go ahead, go ahead. Hey, Cowboy, this is uh, Pastor LaFleur. And I uh, just want to direct your attention to something that you said. When you mentioned resources, and Verlon actually asked you what was the top of your list and resources. I think I heard in your first answer when you mentioned about rebuilding the family. And one of the things I really uh, regret is that when we're talking about what is the answer to crime and violence and all these things in the city, very few people address that issue of the uh, disappearing family, about how 72 percent of black households uh, have a single mom or single parent in the house. How important to you do you think it is if we're going to ever get to a, solving this issue that we put the primary focus on rebuilding the black family? Well, as of now, the black the black man getting pushed out of the household, and um, the females that feel like they can do it on their own. It ain't the fact that there's a lot of guys that do want to be a part of their kids' life, and I feel like these kids don't have a lot of father figures in their life. Like all the father figures, they 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 dead in jail or they cracked out. Well, but, but let me just like, let me just challenge you with this because we've you know social science has proven that if you finish high school, not have a child before you're 20, and produce that child in marriage, you have a 79% chance of living above the poverty line. So it's not just fathers wanting to be a part of their children's life. Don't you think that we need to start focusing on encouraging them to have these children within this, the, the marriage relationship? Shouldn't we get back to marriage and having that commitment to the family before you produce a child that you have no legal or even uh, you know, emotional commitment to? Yeah, and these kids are left hopeless in our community yeah. too. Uh, well, I, so, I got. Like, I don't know. Go, go ahead. Finish. Finish. Finish with uh, the rebuttal to what what he asked first. Go okay, ahead. I was saying like like my thing is I was like my goal was I was trying to build a barn in the city. Like we don't have a barn in the city, mm. and I feel like since the course changed my life, I feel like a barn in the city would teach kids how to love. Like a lot of these kids don't know how to love, and I feel like being around a horse something that they're not used to being around, how could, like, that, that teaching teaching these kids how to care for something? Well, you know what? We had a caller that called in about a month ago and said that a lot of these kids, these uh, uh, troubled youth kids, should go to some of these farms with animals and learn how to take care of animals and then teach them responsibility. So I, I, I hear where you're going with that. But since you've been around some of these political figures when they was putting you on the pedestal, like the mayor, can you give me some insight and where her mind is when it comes to Chicago and governing Chicago, as far as the violence and you know what what what, what strategies did you did you hear about? I feel like I just feel like a lot of these politician people. That's why it's hard. Like I don't, I'm not Republican or I'm not Democrat. So it's like I'm for whoever trying to help the people. Do you and think she's trying like, to help the people? Do you think she's trying to help nah, the people? Honestly, I feel like no. Nah, I feel like she ended her own agenda. Well, she said what I did was a stunt, but her calling upon me was a stunt. Oh, okay. Wow. 
So, so how, I mean, how, how did you get involved? I don't, I don't think I heard you say how you did. How did you get involved with horses and 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 what are some of the life lessons that you've learned that you feel like you can give to kids that are in the city of Chicago? Um, my uncle actually uh, introduced me to um, the horses at at when, 2019. My uncle introduced me to horses 2019. I bought my first horse in 2019, and it basically taught me a lot of like value. It actually helped me when they during the pandemic, during the depression and all I was at my lowest and it actually helped me a whole lot. It taught me how to care for something. It, it gave me a heart. Well, it gave yeah. me a heart. Uh, it was therapy. Therapeutic. You, you a baller or something, man, it takes a lot to take care of a horse. <laughs> you, you ball you ball no, like it that? Actually, it it can, it can actually be done, be done. A lot of people don't understand. It could be done. It ain't expensive. It's cheaper than having a car. Oh wow. You got to feed that big thing, man. <laughs> you, you go, look at gas someone, is five dollars a gallon. So. Is it grass out there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, around around Bella Hay costs sixty dollars. That'll last for a couple weeks. Yeah. Mm. So, so Dreadhead, you got what? You got some? No, that's it. I just wanted to mess with him. So, um, do you got anything coming up? Are you are you looking to 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 continue your voice out there in the city of Chicago? Okay. What are you doing? I'm adding right now. I'm actually getting prepared for a Dreadhead Cowboy tour. I'm going to hit ten states. It's a fundraising tour. I'm trying to build a barn in the city. It's not. I'm still trying. I'm not giving up. I did a GoFundMe um, in 2020. Um, it made ninety thousand um, oh, wow. dollars. As I called the case, they reported they reported my GoFundMe. So I guess all the money got sent back to the people. But um, well, what, what's that Christian one? You send go. What's the other one? You send go the Christian one. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I think that's it. Uh, so I, uh, you, that, yeah, you may want to look at that one. Mm-hmm. So where where you where, send go? Yeah, where can people um, help with that? Um, I actually I started another GoFundMe, but I really don't want to go another GoFundMe because they keep on reporting my GoFundMe. <laughs> oh god! Wow. This this is the tyrannical. That's it. You know, it's environment yeah. that we, we're in. I don't want to. I don't want to do the cash app and the bill because it ain't for me. Yeah, I'm, it's not for me. Do you it have social media presence? Do you have a so quick we get quickly? You got twenty seconds. You got a social media presence? Yeah, you can find me on um, on Facebook, Dreadhead Cowboy. You can find me on Instagram, Dreadhead Cowboy, TikTok, Dreadhead Cowboy. All social media. Dreadhead Cowboy, um, as I affectionately call him, Adam. Thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it, brother. All right, take care. That's a Democrat party. Get yeah. on, or yeah. we cut you off. Well, that's that's one of the reasons why I left the Democrat party. You know, because I was I, I got fed up with, you know, them telling me I can't be successful. And and it all my success had to be derived from government. I didn't believe it. Yeah. You know? Democrats demand that there's only one opinion. Yeah. There's, there's. you can't have that's true. Your own you listening to Black and White Radio on AM five sixty answer. We'll be right back. Now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Switch your, switch your attitude. Go ahead and level up yourself. This that different latitude. Life too short, go spoil yourself. Feel that, feel, enjoy yourself. Cause we have everything we need. Ooh, 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 ooh. Welcome back we to Black and Right Radio. Cause I'm gonna get in trouble by Hop Daddy. Hop Daddy's in the house today. Uh, <laughs> hey, can we get some church music in this oh, rotation boy. of bumper music? Or, or 
Or, I, I had one. You, I had a couple up in there. Today? Yeah. I didn't feel the anointing. Something, hey, something the whole, the first <laughs> song, Coming In Hot, that's Andy Menio. Is that He's what? a Christian rapper. Are you serious? Yeah. Coming In Hot like a fajita? Coming In Hot. Oh, God. Or, or Coming In Hot like this. <laughs> that's all, folks. <laughs> Verlon, would you stop that's it? That's your twin? Was that <laughs> you, your twin, Verlon? You I was okay at first. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. You all want to hear some church music and everything else? I want to hear some Boy George. Okay. Time won't give oh, me God, time. Dude. Yeah, mm. The show is over. Yeah. yeah. You really are a, a, rhino. a rhino. Yeah. <laughs> that was rhino-ish right okay. there. Hey, I'm just giving, I'm giving the LGBTQ community, you know, a, a little, right, you know. come on. Foot forward. All right. Now, Black said on, on YouTube, made a great post, and I, I, I have to talk about this. We have to discuss this. It's, wait, where did it go? How many more decades are we going to keep on talking about programs? I feel like Alan Iverson. Oh, Practice. You, you, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. He Ooh. says, we've been doing this since the 1960s. Yep. Time to try something new. George said here in Chicago, we've been doing it since 1958. Mm-hmm. Programs. You really want to touch that third rail? Do you? This, what, what's the name of the show? Black and right. All right. Do we touch third rails in here? All the time. Okay. And, and for the audience, let's, let's define when you when you say programs. Right. What do you, what do you mean? Right. You know, like, well, the, like, well, well, okay, well, let's start with the one that did start. I don't think it started in 58, but it started around 1968, which was the food program okay. that the Black Panthers started. It may be before it may be it may be before the Civil Rights Act was passed. Yeah, but once was, again, once again, who started it though? The Black Panthers started. Did the government start it? No. So okay, we're talking the about the government. Government. okay, let's 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 they let's make up on it. Let's make the distinction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Government programs. Right. Government programs that are so called there to help. Now uh, there, listen, there are people that fall on hard times. Right. There are people that fall on hard times for no fault of their own. Look at what happened with COVID. Look at what happened with the crash in two thousand and eight. So listen. Sometimes outside forces do cause people to fall. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. should we be dependent on these programs? See, right. I just I just I just wanted to put it in proper context, the history mm-hmm. of it. The Black Panther started, the government picked up on it, local governments, mm-hmm. and now that same food program is the program yeah, it, for the kids. Yeah, the government in public did it. school. The government did it to gain control. Yes. But, let, but let me just put a definition in here. You know, it, it's a biblical principle that we should bear one another's burdens. And burdens, like you said, those unavoidable outside influence yeah. things that cause you to fall. Right. But then the Bible also says everybody must bear his own load. So there should be temporary assistance for those when we come into those tough situations. And so we have a government, we have the ability to be able to do that. But the responsibility for bearing your own load, raising your own children, attending to their education, all these things, those are our responsibility. But the government in the form of programs has tried to replace us and has become an addictive thing now. That's true. That we don't think we can survive without a government program. They, they make you dependent. And, and you got to remember, it was a payoff for, for, for them Locally, through the church, in, in their stronghold, through the church, through the church, and now it's become a payoff for these bureaucrats, whether it's the teachers, the principals, because they, well, the teachers aren't, but the principals and the boards, they are in control of that money and they choose to disperse it. And everybody's got their hand out and they bow to the master. They bow, right. you know, the, right. to get that money. I'm right? going to step on the rail even further. What most people don't realize, black people are not the biggest beneficiaries of these so-called programs. That's White true. people are. That's true. Yeah, but nobody and, wants to have that conversation, though. But, but, but I think 
it's, it's it's more deleterious to our com- community because right, we are right, right, and so it, it, so it becomes a plantation. Right, you know, you think about the generation after generation yes. that's been in the, in the uh, the projects, right, and can't Thank seem you. to get out. Thank right. you. know, poverty. This government poverty, government with largesse, is only enough to keep you poor because and okay, it takes but, away but, your but, but, but why though? Why? Are the, because you know why? Because we have these so called black leaders that tells us, oh, you need the government. Right. Oh, you're not as special as you think you are. You're not, you know, you can't make it on your own. You can't do right. these things without the assistance of the government. And especially that government program yeah. that came out that said that the black family would be better if the man, man was out. Yeah. And so then the government's going to come along and the government's going to be the ones who's going to take his place and take care of your family. So now you push, like the yeah. gentleman said, the black man <laughs> is being in many different ways pushed out of the family, yeah. has to be replaced by something. That's a government. And, and I, I know my mom's listening. I, I Ma, you, you remember, I remember when we would get the visit from um, whatever the, the social group, worker, the, the social worker. Yeah, right. And, my my mother's he was he was the boyfriend at the time. He had to leave. Right. We had to clean up the house. He had to leave because there couldn't be a presence of a man there. And think about and that. I remember this. How crazy is yeah. that? It seemed like to me if the government really cared about the survival of the family, well, let the guy be there. You're going to give the assistance. They do anyway. now. They do now. But, but that should have been, been back, back then. then before the damage was done. Right. Well, right. Well, right. Quick. I'm just I'm just going to say. We we, well, we know the numbers, whereas the white people get more, but we're more dependent. But yeah. we think it's owed to us. It's our form of reparations right now. All right. Entitled. <laughs> uh, Joe, Jim, hold the line. We'll take your calls when we get back. You're listening to Black and Right Radio on AM560 Answer. We now return to Black and Right on AM560. The Answer. Here's John Anthony. As you go, Bishop. That's it. Bro. There you go, Bishop. That's it. Oh, you okay with this? He's right down my street now, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you said he wanted Christian music initially. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. That voice you just heard is the Bishop of True, Cesar Lefleur. Hey, everybody. Yeah, joined by the troublemaker. Oh, look at him. He's causing trouble already. Go ahead. Look, I only had 22 seconds to speak, and I had to hurry through it, but my, my main point was... Red... <laughs> My main point was you two were right, dependency Perfect. and the numbers. But don't you think black people feel that that's our form of reparations, that the government owes us those food stamps, those food programs, Section 8 housing and health care? Well, there's no other there's no other people on the, on, on, the, on in the United States of America that blacks just are just on that owed that. Blacks aren't owed that. Oh, I thought you one. were saying blacks were no, owed that. No, no, no. I said we feel. Oh, feel okay, they feel okay. entitled I didn't hear to that. that. I didn't hear that and, and I believe that you know, it's. A, yeah, I got to say the way it's part of the programming. It's part. It's become the environmental norm when your politicians are telling you that you're entitled to this and you can't make it. So elect me, and I'm going to get it for you. Then it develops generation after generation that this is something you owe, something you got government to you. And that's the point of government yeah. is to be able to take care of all of my needs, which is why we don't have the whole concept of individual responsibility uh, that's disappearing. So it yeah. goes back to what you said. Right. That, Absolutely. That, that, that it, yeah. it affects black people more. That's right. why right. white people aren't part of the conversation. I don't talk about white people being on welfare because it 
doesn't hurt them. They know how to use it and get off of it. We stay not on all, it. Not all. But if you look at you know those, uh, those areas like out in the Appalachians and places like that where whites are living up in these mountains and things like that, yeah, they're on, public, on government, but we're talking about the mainstream here. In the right. Resorts. Let's go to the phone lines. Joe from Chicago, uh, one of my favorite people, Thomas Sowell. Go. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, listen, fine. My first time catching you guys' program, I said, you know what? I got to call these guys. It's just, it's a coincidental thing because I just listened to a conversation from Thomas Sowell from 1995 talking about mm. how government just produces programs and that's, they don't work. That's right. But primarily why I'm calling is because I think your forum for black conservatives is awesome. It needs, it needs to be really out there more. And the white and black community have to stick together because the politicians want us to fight each other continually. Right. And it has oh, to stop. Right. Call yeah, the station. Call the station and let them know that. Then. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Thank you so work, much, guys. Joe. I really appreciate yeah, it. Th- thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go to Jim from South Elgin, also a sponsor of Black and White Radio. Jim. Yes, sir. Good show. Um, thank you. Yo, know, just remember, Ron Reagan used to say, "Government's not part of the solution; it's part of the problem." problem. And you're seeing some of the stuff yeah. on display. And also uh, with with Adam, it was a good conversation. Uh, when all this stuff started happening, they were giving him a lot of stuff. I said, yeah. Adam, I said, what you're doing is you're calling out the attention for all these kids and you know other people being hurt in Chicago. And there's no concern by BLM and the right. other people. And so, you know, almost like Clarence Thomas, you've become the uppity Negro. Oh, so you, yeah. You you have to be, you know, you have to be silenced because we can't sit there and point out the real facts of what's going on here. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and all these. You know, these cancel culture. In fact, I tell people, because a lot of, you know, a lot of these liberals don't like Clarence Thomas. I said, well, you know, it's Clarence Thomas realized a long time ago, the only reason why he was led in law school is because he was a black guy, not because of what he did academically. Right. And and, and that's what's wrong with this stuff. And Jim, um, next time I can do without uh, calling from the dentist, your dentist's office. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing you, uh, Jim. Thanks so much for calling us, Jim. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, Yeah. Are you here or are you in Honduras? No, I mean, I'm, I'm here. I was I was uh, in my office. Adam came by yesterday. I had to do a little work on him. So. Well, okay. He's All actually right. my patient. I did. His beautiful smile was my creation. I saw that. Thank you so much, Jim. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Hey, listen, Jim. Wait, wait, mentioned... wait. wait, wait let's, let's clear. I want to clean these calls up because I want oh, us okay. to really get into mm-hmm. some conversations. Right. Uh, let's go to Michael from the South Side. Michael. Hi, John. Hi, Verlon. Hey, how's it going? Uh, John, you may. Well, fine. How are you guys? Good. All right. Okay, you guys might, uh, John, you might remember me. I sent you an article about Lee Walker about a week or so ago. That's right, yes. Mike Marsh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. So anyway, uh, gentlemen, there's another big problem with these government programs because it affects, they they bribe the black leadership and the black community in the silence. We can't, if you notice, the black leadership is often absent on uh, issues such as gay marriage, uh, for example, uh, transgender issues. Uh, even uh, um, dumb, dumb government policy. Yeah, you know, because these black leaders are getting getting this government money, yeah, they've pretty much been bribed. Yeah, uh, they they don't say anything. And yeah. it's a big problem for the black community. And a lot of it is going through the the political leaders in the churches. They are they are the the gatekeepers. I, and I I despise yeah. gatekeepers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks so much for calling, Mike. Let's go to Jan from Florida. Jan, welcome to Black and Right. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. Listen, all I can say is that we, you know, we spent about seventeen trillion dollars. So you have your reparations, but all I can really say is that once you make yourself a victim and you think 
when you put your hand out for a handout, Mm-mm. you have reached yeah. the top of your economic scale. That's it. And government programs don't work. And why should everybody else? I wasn't sponsoring slavery. You can't go back seven generations. I mean, when you really think about it, all the crime in the city is black on black crime. All these yeah. murderers. Nobody wants to look at the real facts. Because well, we do here. Facts, they tell you you're racist. Jan, we do we we do that here, and we and and everything you just said, we discuss yeah. those topics here. On, I have a lot of black friends, and when you tell them that. They, they say, I don't believe it, but it's true. It is. Yep. And well, and she mentioned that $17 trillion number. Basically, it's $20 trillion no, no, yeah. it's that we've spent on the war on poverty. $30 trillion. $30 trillion. Okay. 30 the trillion. life of it. Right. And guess how much it's moved up the needle? Jan, thanks so much point. for calling, Jan. Thanks yeah. so much for listening. One percentage point. Yeah. $30 trillion, one percentage point in the difference. Yeah. It doesn't work. No. And well, it's proven. The war on drugs doesn't work. The right. war, I'll, I'll, none of this government intervention. Does not work. It simply does not work. The only thing the government is good at is military. There and, you, go. you know, that's the only thing they're good at. You listen to Black and Right, we'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560. The answer. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Troublemaker and the Bishop Bishop, you, you before we go to the phone to Kip you had a one point that you wanted to make. Yeah, just talking about these programs and our addiction to them. Uh, I remember back when I was just a Democrat from traditional family, hadn't passing it down to me like it was where we supposed to go. I remember I, it was that point where I hated Reagan. And the only reason why I can give for me hating him was that he was cutting the programs. Yeah. And I said that to my uncle once. My uncle said, you know, why do you hate him? I said, well, you're cutting the programs. And he challenged me. He says, well, how do you know that those programs are effective? And, and if they deserve to be continued. And I had no answer yeah. because I hadn't studied them. I hadn't seen any of the, the, the information about them. All I knew was that programs were what we needed. And anybody coming along talking about cutting programs was the enemy. And that's why that's such a hard conversation to have now. Yeah. When you start talking about, you know, the deleterious effects of welfare. Yeah. You, you're going to get attacked yes, sure. as you are. You're uncaring yes, sure. when you talk about some of these things, because people have not thought about it enough to be able to make a determination whether this is something that's helping us right. or is it hurting us? That's right. Is it lifting us up or is it taking away our initiative, taking away our ambition and causing us to be totally dependent on a government system? And, you know, I, as I drive through the city of Chicago, I don't see the hood gardens anymore. The gardens that are right. in, my grandfather had gardens throughout right. the hood. Yep. Corn, all up and down know, my street. Yep. beans, mm-hmm. cabbage, greens, mustard, Turnips and collards. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good my friend Dan, he said the best food programs people can have is to learn how to grow gardens, raise go. chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, we don't teach that. Yeah, yeah you want to teach people how to survive? Yeah. You know, do that. There was a, a bishop in Mississippi, and a bishop, I think his name was Robinson, Luke Robinson, but he had a church, 200 people, all of them were on welfare. Yeah. They decided to go into business, to start yeah. a farm, start raising uh, animals and selling the meat and meat packing. And with what, three years, all of those people were employed. Nobody was on welfare. And they started employing people in their community. Yeah. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Kip, welcome to Black and Right. Kip, you there? 
Yeah, I'm here. You there? Yeah, we're there, buddy. All right. Well, love you guys as usual. Listen, I couldn't say anything better than other callers that had called before me. I mean, your show on a Saturday is right on, and and it's wonderful. All I have to say is all the money is out there, and what the gentleman before me speaking said that are the programs really working? Maybe it's something to look at uh, how to do something different. But let, let me put this out there with this budget. Uh, they're saying that there's a rainy day fund. How can you have a rainy day fund <laughs> in the state budget when you're $120 billion oh, yeah. and you don't know what the heck you're going to, how you're going to get it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Right on, guys. Well, you know, hey, God bless hey, all Kip, of you. Hey, you know? Kip. Uh, yeah. So, State Senator Dan Bailey is going to join us in the third hour to discuss just that budget. Oh, uh, thank you. So be I, I, I just, I've been out outside working. I'm, I'm inside and kind of now making, getting ready to make some Italian beef sandwiches. Oh, I've been oh my hey, man. You want to drive him up to the studio? You got about man. I'd love to do that, man. You know what, man? Maybe one day we have to hook up, man. I'll bring some food down to you. I'm a pretty damn good cook. We could do a, a smoke out or something. Let's do it. Right? Let's do it, brother. My birthday's coming up. My birthday's April 13th, so. Oh, you right, yeah. well, Hey, I'll be back in touch with you guys. All, All right, right I'm going to carry on. All right, thanks so much, Kip. What sign is that? <laughs> what sign is that? A- a- Aries? <laughs> Dude, I don't do signs, man. I'm, uh, I'm know, a child know, of the king. I, I know that, but I I'm think a child you, of the king. You fall under Aries, right? Yeah. Okay. You don't act like an Aries. <laughs> that's all, folks. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> hey, guys, that's that's <laughs> hour two in the books. Hour three coming up. Da- State Senator Dan Bailey will be joining us at the bottom of the hour to discuss that 50, $46 billion monstrosity of a budget. We'll be right back. to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita. I write what I live, my life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Welcome back, just like the demeanor. To Black and White Radio on AM 560, the answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Hour number three with the troublemaker himself and the Bishop of Truth. Hello, everybody. Bet you won't call me weak no more. No, you came with the fire this week. Last week you were you were soft. I was just man. You had Todd Swish in the studio. I was just trying to ease into it. I didn't yeah. know what you had lined up. You got Mr. This big, CEO. You got this big wig next to me, man. <laughs> now I don't know if you guys saw the forum that went down. Uh, Half Daddy say I'm wrong. Says I'm wrong. That it wasn't um, David Axelrod. I could swear it was. Yeah, I could swear no, it, it was, was him. David Axrod, yeah. and he had um, Miss Applebaum. Right. Um, <clears throat> did he, you guys hear? Yes. Did you see the question mm-hmm. that was posed about? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, some people probably didn't hear, and I want to play the audio of of the setup for Hunter Biden's laptop and the media, and listen to how she responds to this young kid, and you know, smug and. 
I'm smarter than you. Here we go. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. I'm Daniel Schmidt. I'm a freshman at the University of Chicago. My question is for Miss Applebaum. Um, so in 2020, you wrote, those who live outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden, referring to his laptop, of course. Uh, a poll later after that found that if voters knew about the content of the laptop, 16% of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Now, of course, we know a few weeks ago, the New York Times confirmed that the content is real. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? I mean, my, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is, I think, totally irrelevant. I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or I mean, I don't think the Hunter Biden's um, business relationships have anything to do with who should be president what? of the United States. So I, I didn't find I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that that would be my problem with the, that as a as a major news story. Yeah, here goes. Uh, we're going to talk about more of this uh, there he is. tomorrow in our first uh, panel. So stand by. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's excellent. And I, I think we have yeah. run out of time. Uh, <laughs> of course you have. Yeah, of course you're right. but, the- but, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. I mean, all, if this was Come on, man. Junior, mm. Come you on. know, if any of Donald Trump's kids, mm. this would have been plastered all over 24-7, nonstop, mm. and Donald Trump would have went down Hugely. Right. But right the, or wrong. But no. the problem is these people think they can decide for you what's news and what's not. They get to decide for what you need to watch, you need to pay attention to, and what you believe listen, is true. Listen, what's even worse than us getting Joe Biden to be the president for a few years is the fact that now it's proven that we no longer have a trustworthy media. Right. Because they put their thumb on the scale. They knew. They didn't do any journalism when it came With to that. With big tech. With the help of, 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 of social media. Social media. That's right. They dropped the Washington Post who broke the story. A New right. York Post. Right. They dropped them off of Twitter. Yeah. So that the story couldn't get out. Correct. And this woman's, you know. I got dinged on social, all my social medias for reporting it. Her answer to that should have been, unfortunately, yes. The press was uh, irresponsible. The, the press was culpable. Well, misleading the people so, because a, a big percentage of the people would not have voted for Joe so Biden. So you don't really believe that people knew that these press uh, outfits was 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 lying, unworthy? You think people just were that dumb that they didn't know, or do you think they were in on the agenda and they didn't? Who's, let who's, me say wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. Who is the they? People, people, okay. period. The, okay. people, the, the, the so-called 81 million people that voted. Right. But listen, most people aren't policy wonks. They're not watching cable news. Exactly. They're not reading stuff like we do. So if that had to become a news story, if CNN, MSNBC had only doing what they were supposed to do, present the story. I think you're selling people here. I think you're selling people short. I'm telling you, man. I there, think they know. There were people who only thing they no, hear. No, they don't, Milan. The only thing they hear no. is what CNN says. You had 50 of the uh, former national security people came out and said Russian disinformation. They reported that. There was no proof that it was Russian disinformation. Right. They reported on Trump being a Russian asset right. for three years. They right. didn't have any proof because that turned out to be not true. But they were he, intentionally deceptive. One of my friends called into the show last year, and he was very honest. His name was Lemenzo. Yeah, I remember. He said it was, it was people. They knew what was going on. But it was so many people that hated him just because of his personality 
common sense went out the window. And they voted against him just because of that. It didn't matter it's, what was true right. and what it, not was true. Here's what I say. It was about personality. Here's what I say. Mr. Elon Musk, mm-hmm. you bought Twitter? Go buy CNN go, or MSNBC. Go get them all. I don't think he has enough money nah, to buy, well, buy those. You know, hey, you never know. But listen, I just but say this. Do it. My wife, for instance, my wife is not as plugged in, paying attention to stuff as me. Right. So she always comes to you and asks me about something. She wasn't really clear on what the Hunter Biden thing was all about right. back then because the only thing she's hearing is snippets. You hear a little peep coming from someplace else. But one of you all were absolutely right. If that had been Donald Trump Jr., who had dropped a laptop off that had images of him, oh, that had he'd be all in that jail. stuff. Yes, and it would have been on every news outlet. I, I got you. Wait, 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 wait. Before you say that, Valon, mm-hmm. honestly, though, people are so. Because, I mean, when I was working with Freedom Initiative now, we would go and do these events. People would talk about how they were so focused on their family, their careers, they didn't pay attention to politics. Valon, there are so many people out there that. Don't pay attention until it's time to vote. I work with those type of people. Most of them are immigrants at my job, and they only work and go home, and they don't even go out to the movies or nothing. Every All their entertainment is at home with family. Yeah. But you got to remember, born Americans, born citizens here, it's a personality contest. They're watching The Masked yeah. Singer. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, watching American Idol. They're watching all those reality shows. Everything is personality. Right. Everything is entertainment. They are. They, they're celebrity whores. Right. They so, follow they fo- they follow people and they hated him. Right. I, we and understand I'm the whole, you the whole that's, that's, the, it's the situ- about that. The situation with the body politic. We understand where they are. But I'm talking about the responsibility of the media. Right. In order to, to do what the media is supposed to do. Now that we've got a media and they understand that, they manipulate us that way. Emotion and all this personality and all of that. But their responsibility is to present the facts so that American people can make up their own decision. When they make the decision for us and they give us what they want us to hear and withhold from us what we might need to hear, well, then that shows that they are not honest. And what, the, and what do they do? They editorialize instead of giving us the news. That's right. You know, How they many, call themselves they call themselves news agencies, but they're, they, they, they editorialize everything. How many hits? How many views? How much press did the Will Smith smack get? Oh, tons. You see, we ain't talking about I'm, it today. That's all I'm saying. You see, we ain't talking about but it. But that's all I'm saying. Celebrity matters Especially to black people. Mm-hmm. We right. love celebrity, brother. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's the situation. But I, I still, you know, I actually, I'm not ashamed to say that most of the media, the mainstream media, are nothing but spokespeople for the Democrat Party. Right. Because if you'll notice, the points they're going to push, whatever well, BLM, talking points. BLM, all of them. They'll push that out you there know? because those are the talking points they get. Have you ever noticed sometimes you hear Jen Psaki say something behind the microphone and then you hear every news commentator. Wait, she says something? Well, <laughs> Circle push, back. That's all yeah, I hear. Certainly. But all of them push the same talking points out. And there's only few reporters who will actually push back on Have that. Have you seen we that? We are trained Marxists. Have you seen that that audio where all the media from different states are saying the exact, exact same, same parodying thing. the yeah. exact same talking points? Absolutely, I've seen that. Yeah, that's what happens. And that's what we are. Irresponsible media is deceiving people yeah. and, and causing people to take positions that they're not even aware of. But then they have to hide behind the First Amendment. Though. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I want you to be able to have the, you know, you have the freedom of the press. But I think with freedom, there comes a responsibity. And especially when you look at what you said for all right, all right, people um, are so personality driven. What's the Spider Man dad? Name? I mean, uh, uh, uncle name? Uncle Ben. Uncle, uncle ben. ben. Well, um, Aunt May, Uncle Ben. You know, they switched it up with that last Spider Man. 
because oh. she said it too. Yeah. Uh, with great power oh, comes great responsibility. responsibility. This is what you sound like over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. I'm Uncle Ben. Yeah. yeah. That's better but, than being Uncle Tom, which they call me all the time. Well, hey, hey well, I think all three of us get that oh, title. All the time, man. You know, it just shows the ignorance of people not understanding who Uncle Tom was. He was the hero. In the He's story. the hero of the story. So guess what? <laughs> call me Uncle Tom. Call me a coon. Call me whatever you want to call me. I'm still going to give my, my opinion. A, a country guy called me Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Where was he from, down south? Mississippi. Called uh, me Uncle Tom. Uncle I forgot, Tom. <laughs> I forgot you from them, them parts of the world. You told me to get some Jess for Mains to get that gray out my beard. <laughs> Jess for Mains. Oh, what my God. What difference at this point does it make? Exactly. 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 Uh, Don, uh, hold the line. We'll take you when we come back from the break. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560. The answer. Let's get it to him, baby girl. Black and right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Live in studio with the Troublemaker and the Bishop of Truth, and they've been causing a lot of trouble. Let's go right to the phone lines. Don from Naperville. Hey, guys. How are you doing, Shay? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking my phone call. Listen, um, listening to this conversation about poverty and schools, I, I just think people have to know there's a big difference between what you read in a book and what you've tasted in life. Um, in 2019, the National Assessment of Educational Progress showed that only 15% of African-American students were um, reading at proficient level. And that's just not, that's not acceptable. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of um, Dr. Sean Robinson. He grew up in Wilmette, Illinois. He never learned to read, uh, even in, when he graduated from high school. And he wrote a, an article in 2013 about... Um, his experience, and he said that even in 2013, he said nationally black um, males who make it to the 12th grade are performing at least four years behind white males in reading and math. Um, I'll also tell you, too, that there's a real, the data shows that African-American students and students with disabilities are most likely to be physically restrained um, and secluded and suspended. So what happens is these kiddos are pushed through grade to grade, they don't give them interventions because we have a no fail policy and then they have behavior problems. And then instead of, instead of helping these children to read, they just suspend them. Right. And that's not, so this is the real problem. It starts with our education system. I agree. And, um, cream weaver. He's, uh, Hey hey, Don, I I, I got a guest coming on, so I I got to get to my guest, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Um, you, you know, feel it. I'm Felix. Caesar, you talked about how we have a lot more um, black Republicans, you know, standing strong, to standing tall, willing to, to, to run for office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a, uh, a person who's running for state Senate. Uh, she's an author. Um, I believe she created what's called the Kingdom Conservative Party. So this is somebody really? that's going to be right up your alley. The Kingdom Conservative yes, Party. Dr. Felicity Joy, welcome to Black and Right. So great to be with you all today. Yeah. And I, I did not create Kingdom Conservative Party, but oh, I am yeah. proud to be their very first candidate that they oh, nice. uh, that 
both, and it was created by Bevelyn Beatty, formerly Bevelyn oh. Beatty, now Bevelyn. Yeah. And you tell her I'm upset with her because she was supposed to come on this show and she 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 faked me out. I'll, <laughs> I'll get her back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, now you're gonna have to wait till after she has this I baby. Know. I, I think. I but saw anyway, that. I'll I, let her know. I saw that. So here, here's a question. Why are you running, and why should the voters vote for Felicity Joy to represent them down in Springfield? Well, I was inspired, actually, by the Kingdom Conservative platform. It it changed my idea of what might qualify someone to run for office. They talked about how the Constitution was written based on the Bible, and how if we had more people schooled in the Bible, we might be able to stay closer to the Constitution. I was ordained in 2020. And I realized that my training and instruction in righteousness, as the Bible calls it, really would uh, help. I I realized that I was probably wanting people in Washington and and, and in our state capital to do something that they were poorly equipped to do. And that perhaps there's so much darkness in politics because the light has left. Yes. And yes. so I, I believe that Proverbs 29, in what Proverbs 29, 2 says, that when the righteous are in authority, yes. the people rejoice. And that's my we- by, why my website is called joyforillinois.com. Oh, my God, okay. you, almost, you almost got me shouting in here to, to hear that. Those hey. are some amen moments right there. And listen, I so much appreciate you hearing because uh, you're uh, – you're reflecting what we believe. I'm with the Illinois Family Institute, Illinois Family Action, and we really believe there needs to be an intersection between faith and public policy because we have, as people of faith, we have abdicated ourselves. We've absent ourselves from some of these positions, and the vacuum is being filled by unrighteous people. And that scripture says when the unrighteous rule, the people mourn, and our nation is mourning. So I really appreciate you taking that position. How are you being received out on the campaign trail? You know, it's funny. I just left Illinois Action uh, to interview with them, and that went very well. Yeah, I remember. Um, I was one of the panelists there. I remember meeting you there. Yes. Oh, goodness. My apologies. All right. So that means they won't won't endorse you because he says no. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, great. Oh, great. Well, you know what? I think things are going really well. I uh, At Kingdom Conservative Party, we believe in employing a grassroots approach. And I think that that's highly underrated in the Republican Party. They seem to want to do breakfast and balls and things like that. That's right. I like to knock on doors. I like to knock on doors. And when people meet me um, as a minister, you know, I just care about people. Right. So I just want to know what are their concerns. I let them know I want to be their public servant. And what are they interested in seeing in their in our area and in this state? And so um, I, I'm being very well received. You know, I've had some commentary about maybe I shouldn't be so Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But oh. the voters haven't said that. And you know what? Uh, quite frankly, if the devil wants to stop being so demonic then and actually right. demonstrating yeah. himself on Congress Hall, then I might think about being a little less Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But for now, it is what it is. And we've got straight up demons manifesting. So I don't mind being who I am. I've also had people tell me, you know, hey, you're running as a Republican. Uh, Maybe you shouldn't have a blue mohawk. And I'm not listening to that either, because you know what? The Republican Party needs to understand that there is diversity in this party now. And so we begin to focus on what's important. The reason we are dealing with Kentanji Jackson and the likes of her is because we are not 
Focus on what is important. You don't need to be thinking about my hair color or my skin color. You need to think about the content of my character. And that will definitely help us in the future. I think I met you uh, when Darren Bailey revealed Stephanie Trussell was going to be his running mate. Uh, so I'm, I have absolutely right friend of mine. Right. So um, I, I got one question for you that another another candidate on the show that was on earlier. He couldn't answer. And a few other candidates, they, they they find trouble answering this question. What conservative values do you stand for that you're going to run on when it comes to your platform? Man, I mean, conservative values are have their strength because they were taken from the Bible. So we need to understand that when it comes to abortion, I'm an abolitionist. I want it gone. I am not interested in compromising on this issue. Even if we're talking about saving the life of a mother, we used to understand that parents sacrificed for their children. You don't sacrifice the child. And I don't trust doctors either. So that's, you know what I mean? A lot of these doctors are not trustworthy. So they might say, you know, the woman might have a headache, so we should abort the child. At this point, there a lot of doctors are suspect. And, you know, I mean, freedom, Second Amendment. I mean, we need protection from government overreach. And so um, there, we need to get rid of a lot of these government regulations. There's a lot of fat all over the place. It's really, it's really going down into a lot of these big corporations. Um, my husband has had trouble working places because there's so, there's people are lazy. Yes. People are so lazy and, and it comes from the top down. You know what I mean? And when he wants to go in there and actually work, he's been fired because he actually wants to work, that he actually wants safe condition, conditions. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. It, it starts at the top down. And let me tell you something. I don't know if I'm the first black candidate to run in district 49 of Illinois, but I don't give a care. I want to be the best that has ever run. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Encouraged black people not to be first, be best at what you do. I like that. You are a breath of fresh air. (laughs) Hey, hey, really quickly, really quickly, really quickly. Where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they, uh, in the next 40 seconds, where can they, and you have, you also have a book. Where can they buy their book and all that? Tell them. Okay. You go to joyforillinois.com, joyforillinois.com. Please consider donating. I do not want to take money from people that I'm not going to listen to when I get into office. You can find my book called Thought Garden at amazon.com. It's a 30-day devotional. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Felicity Joy. Oh, God bless you. Wait, wait, can you, wait you. just really quickly. Can you make, can you say that Martin Luther King thing again? It's not about being Martin first. Luther. It's not about being first. It's about what? It's not, it's not a, well, that's me. Okay. I said okay. it's not about being first. It's about being best because it's not the color of our skin, but the content of our character that matters. Not that. first. Best. I think I'm going to jip that and you, put that on TikTok and all that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Felicity Joy, candidate for the 49th State Senate District in the state of Illinois. Thank you so much for joining Black and Right. How hard is that? Thank man? you so much. Darren Bailey, State Senator Darren Bailey, up next. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio um, with the troublemaker and Bishop Cesar LaFour. Before we get to State Senator Darren Bailey, I want to take a quick call with Dave from Barrington. Dave, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, John, Anthony, thanks for taking my call. No problem. I listen to you every chance I can, and it would be my honor to call you a friend. Because Thank you. Because you, you, uh, you put it right where it needs to be. 
Thank quite you. often. I really so appreciate that. The reason, the reason why I'm calling is based on the child indoctrination that's so sick. Um, I just can't understand why there's not more of our religious community standing up and getting a pair of kahunas and yeah. beating back on this. And, you know, I understand you got a 501C. There's things you can no say excuse. you can't say. And, you know, and I see a lot of evangelical um, uh, communities that are afraid to do anything, Yeah, afraid to push back on, you know, when we got uh, all locked down and no one could meet together in church. Right. You know, where's the pushback? Yeah. Where is everybody? Well, you know what? You know what? Um, Dave, we'll ask our next guest that question. So thank you so much for calling. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys something. And, you know, I, when you look at what all the people that are running for governor, um, there's one person that's been standing from day one against the tyranny. Um, he's been somebody who's been very outspoken and, um, I'm so happy to call him friend. He's the, he's a state senator from the, I believe, I hope I get this right, the 55th uh, Legislative District. And before we get into the, the politics of it, I wanted, to, I wanted to have him on because late, early this morning, the General Assembly passed a monstrosity of a bill, which included $46 billion. Now, mind you, when I was there, guess how much? It was $32 billion. That was the, the, the budget that was voted on, and that was in 2016. So... Joining us to discuss more of this, State Senator Darren Bailey, also candidate for to become the next governor of the state of Illinois. State Senator, please, what's hey, in it? An honor to- Thank you. What's in this monstrosity of, of, of a bill that came in what, at eleven thirty last night? Thirty five hundred pages. I think I saw you put on your on, on the photo on uh, social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. And to your point, when you were a, a, a representative and the, and the budget was $32 billion, there has been at least that much new additional money, you know, in, in the last five years. Wow. And, and, and so theoretically, we, you know, because as the budget increased and continues to increase, there's been over $32 billion of, of money, uh, you know, injected into the economy over the last several years. So you would think that uh, we should have our problems solved, wouldn't you? But yeah. unfortunately, uh, Illinois legislature still just, they love to throw money at problems without any accountability. And, and, and nobody wants to talk about the fact that there's a $2,500 legislator pay raise uh, included in wait, this. Wait, no, it, nobody, it, that they didn't want there? to talk about that. That was in there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, so absolutely God. disgusting that these people uh, would just allow this. Not, you know, we're not going to take. We're, we're going to throw a little bit of money at the pension problem. We're we're going to throw a little bit of money at our at our debt. And 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 yeah, we'll we'll write everybody a hundred dollar check to make you feel good. And uh, let's not forget it's election year. Yeah. And uh, but we will not. They they will not. They refuse to acknowledge the true problems yeah. that uh, that we have. I mean, it is, it's, it's literally embarrassing for, to see a government function like this. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been paying attention and I'm just, I was, I was just, just fit to be tied, but you know, let, let's, let's talk politics. Um, one of the things that I know you, you always have an opponent that tries to define who you are. And one of the things I love to do on my radio show is bring the, the candidates on and allow the people to hear that from them directly. Who is Darren Bailey? 
Well, Darren Bailey is a is a is a farmer who's had to work and earn every penny that uh, he's ever earned. Darren Bailey's a, a a man that is blessed to have an amazing woman uh, by his side for 35 years. That uh, God has allowed uh, uh, my wife Cindy to to help uh, you know turn me into who I am today. I'm a father of four. I'm a grandfather of eleven. Uh, I'm a servant, served on our local school board for 17 years. I've been in leadership in church. When I see a problem, I, I, I get on it and we take care of it because, uh, you know, when, when, when there's things in, in life that are hurting people, bureaucracy, government, organizations that aren't doing their job, and it's the same thing at work with the mission. You know, we farm 12,000 acres, a trucking company, excavating business. I have several employees, and, and when someone needs encouraged to, to you know, they're, they're not cutting it, uh, we help make them better. And at the end of the day, if, if we figure out they're just not meant for the position, well, then we, you know, we move them on and we replace them. And, and that kind of seems to tell the story of, of government because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm very concerned about the future of our state for our grandchildren. Yeah. So uh, that's why we are doing what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. And and because sometimes your, your opponent can uh, create a, a narrative that, uh, listen, I've known you since you first started running for the state representative. One thing that I've learned about you, I've never seen you lie. I've never seen you do anything untoward. And you have always been so, a, a stand-up guy. Even when others told you to leave me alone, you stood by me and you stood with me because you were, you were, you were a, a man of integrity. And I've, that's all I've ever known from seeing you, um, Darren Bailey. Well, I appreciate that. And, and this, if you're gifted enough in this world of politics, what, when, whenever somebody wants to tear you down and they're threatened by your position, and let's just, you know, let's, let's be real about this. The, the recent polls have me setting at 35%. Uh, uh, Sullivan and Irvin are both bouncing around 15%, and Raybine and Schimp are, 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 are down around 4 and 5%. Uh, those are the facts. So when those are the facts, somebody out of this deal is a target. Yeah. And the giftedness of being a, a savvy politician and a speaker is exactly what we saw on the, on the Senate floor last night. You take your problem and you, you spin it to make it look like it's the problem of your opponent. And wow. these malicious lies that are coming out in these ads, that is exactly what's taking place. If anybody, you know, if you're, going to, if you're just going to read the headlines and the mailer and you're going to buy into that and believe it, then we as society are doomed. Yeah. But if you're going to take time and do some research and try to find out the truth, and, 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 and there, therein lies the, the quest of, of saving this constitutional yeah. republic is we, the people, rising up, getting involved, getting educated, getting informed, and participating uh, to, to save this state and ultimately this country, yeah. uh, then then we can no longer just, just take all this nonsense at face value and believe it. Yeah. Hey, Senator Bailey, can we hold you for one more second? Because um, uh, the Bishop of Truth in Verlon is over here itching to, uh, to question you. So <laughs> can we hold you? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, yes. With the, with talking with State Senator Darren Bailey, also candidate for um, governor of the state of oh. Illinois, uh, more with him when we get back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. This probably should be State Senator Dan Bailey's um, campaign song. Uh, welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and the bishop himself. How you doing, Darren Bailey? 
Um, That's Senator Bailey. Hey, I'm Blanche. Senator <laughs> Bailey, I'm sorry. So I want to go back. <laughs> I, I want to go back to this uh, this debt that they put upon the American people, this tax hike. So where are these monies being directed to? The, the major issues it's being directed to, the Democrats are saying. Well, the, the pork projects, um, I'm going to tell you something. Last night as I sat there, and this yeah. is the first time in four years that, that an offer like this has been made, but someone came across the table and just and, and came down the aisle and just suggested, now, now I know you're, you're, you're probably not going to vote for this budget, but would it make any difference if uh, – if uh, if you had a ten or twenty million dollar project in your district, you know these these, these part of the forty seven billion dollar budget. Listen to this; you're not you're not going to believe this. One one line item of the forty seven billion dollar budget was one billion dollars that's going to be directed to Democrat only held district uh, projects. And the, these are these are pet projects that the uh, uh, that the representative or senator gets wow. to pick out and say, you know, I, I want I want to do this. I'm going to stand there and cut the ribbon and say that I garnered <laughs> this. And and that uh, it's issues like this, just new continued spending. We have a problem with our schools. We don't deal with the problem. We don't hold the system accountable and let local elected school boards deal with the problem. What do we do? We throw more money at more programs. Uh, you know, that that's the way of Springfield, and it simply doesn't work. It grows government. We grow bureaucracy. And uh, like I said, that's uh, that that's a pretty big expenditure yeah. right there in and of itself. That's true. If you're just joining the show, we're talking with State Senator Dan Bailey, also candidate to become the next governor of the state of Illinois. Uh, Senator Bailey, this is Pastor Cecil LaFleur. And uh, first of all, let me just say good choice in the uh, lieutenant governor. So uh, she's one of my favorites. But my question is about, uh, I, I assume that you're going to get out of the primary and you will be the Republican candidate for governor. And so I'm just wondering about strategy to win in Illinois. It's almost like you got the whole state of Illinois and then against Cook County. And so it's like and there's, most of the population is here in Cook County. What strategy do Absolutely. you have in order to be able to have impact in Cook County? So, you know, we're not just having one county dictate what the state is going to do. Yep, absolutely. Two, 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 kind of a two-pronged approach. We believe Central and Southern Illinois, as you suggest, will win the primary for us. But we're also waking up the vote all across Illinois. So uh, you look at any given county, and at least 30% of the eligible voters haven't been voting. They're either not registered or they're not showing up. But these are the people that are upset and irritated. They're the people that really nobody knows about. They're not a part of any Republican or any kind of political establishment. We're waking them up. We're waking them up through the church. Uh, when we do that, we know that we've got to have 24% of the vote in Cook and surrounding counties. We know that. But when we wake the rest of the state up, we can pull that 24% down to about 18%. And I'm here to mm. tell you, the number one issue, the number <sighs> one issue in the state of Illinois, the number one problem is safety. Yes. And that stems from the city of Chicago, Cook and surrounding counties. People are fed up. Yeah. People are coming to our rallies. They're coming to our meetings. And and this isn't your, your typical Republican. They're staying with the Good Old Boys program. Right. Uh, so we we got plenty of friends in that arena. But these are 
These are people who have never been a part of anything, uh, kind of like 250 years ago when uh, when we band together as a, as a new nation. We stood up and we said, we're tired of what's going on. That same yeah. movement is taking place in Illinois. So yeah. uh, after the primary, I'll assure you, uh, we're already up in here. We're going to be up there tomorrow night at Cork and Cary on Western Avenue. Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, in, in Southside Chicago. But we will probably, I'm sure we will be spending about 90% of our time, mainly even after the primary, in Cook and surrounding counties. We'll be in the churches. Uh, we'll be in, in the communities because these, these the, the, the good people up there, they're ready for change. They're just, they've been burnt so much that yeah. we, we, we're earning their respect slowly that, yeah. you know, hey, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. And hey, here's hey, my Senator, track record. Uh, yes. Here's my question. The gimmicks. The gimmicks are have, have come out. Now, I'm, I'm told that what, what's with this gas station? They have to put up these decals, this four-by-eight decals saying that, <laughs> We've um we've we lowered your gas. Well, guess what? You voted to raise it. How about that? How about uh, getting rid of that debt tax yeah. altogether? Listen, nothing was lowered. There, there's nothing given back that wasn't taken. The only thing that's taken is this. In July first, there's naturally another increase coming. They're just not going to allow that increase until January after the election. Nobody's giving back anything. They're just saying, hey, we're going to put this next increase off for six months till after the election, and then whammy, here you go again. So all of this, all of this nonsense, there's nothing given back that wasn't, it's, 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 it's just a, it's political theater. And if we continue to buy into this nonsense, like I said at the beginning, we're doomed. Yeah. I just want to be clear so the, so the American people can know and the people of Illinois will know. The people of Illinois is being forced Illinois. to. Yeah, I'm going to say I, I grew up saying Illinois. <laughs> the, the people of Illinois. Like the, Illinois. <laughs> the people of Illinois are being forced to pay for the debt that the Democrats uh, created. Yeah. That's is that, true. Is that, is that exactly what you're is, right. is that what, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Senator, um, in, we got 30 seconds. Where can people join um, Team Bailey Trussell? Where can they find out all the events? Because you said you got an event coming up tomorrow, Cork and Kelly's in uh, 106 and Western, I believe it is. Where can people uh, yeah. find you? All of it's on baileyforillinois.com, baileyforillinois.com. Our calendar's on there. You can invite us to events. You can join our movement. You can donate to the movement. Look us up on Facebook, Darren Bailey for Governor. Yeah. Look me up on my state side, Darren Bailey for as, as State Senator. And if you're not on Facebook or social media, we, we stream Twitter and Facebook at the bottom of our page on baileyforillinois.com. State Senator Bailey, my friend, my, my brother, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, thank you. See you yeah. tomorrow night, guys. All right. You'll be to Black and Right. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560, The Answer. Something new. Stop. Drop. Shut down. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and the bishop himself. I want to quickly talk about um, April 13th, uh, my good friend Camille, she's putting together a birthday party for me. For who? Camille, for me. I'll be 46. She called it Blackish with John Anthony. Oh a 46 God. we can celebrate. It's going to be at uh, Scooter's Row House in Shorewood. I would love to have people come out and um, come celebrate with me. 46 years old. 46, um, what's that, what they call it? 46 years. Young. 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 Right. Oh, okay. Well, when is the, what day is this? 
On at the thirteenth. No, Wednesday. I know, but what Wednesday the thirteenth. Wednesday the thirteenth. Yeah. Wait, come, Wednesday, coming Wednesday, up. Yeah, April thirteenth. April thirteenth, dude. Next week. Oh my. I mean, God. well, this week coming up. Can can we? Can yeah, we, this week. Can we hit him offside his head today? Is it, man, I've been up for the over. I've been up for thirty six hours, man. Come on. I think I'd be pottery hats and balloons and stuff. That's all, folks. But I hope. <laughs> the, the the event is on, on on Facebook. Look it up. Blackish with John Anthony. Your forty six weeks celebrate. Text me. The, text me. Uh, I want to yeah. thank State Senator Darren Bailey for coming on. Yes. Um, Felicity Joy for yes. State Senate forty ninth. Uh, we had one more too, didn't Mr. we? Mr. Tillman. Oh yeah, Johnny Jimmy, Tillman. Jimmy, Jimmy Lee, Lee Tillman. Tillman. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead quickly, Javon. You got forty seconds. What? A coward. Thanks Uh-oh. for not calling the show. Oh, the question. We know where, we know where you stand now. How can you call me and John Rhinos when you're going to vote for a wolf in sheep's clothing like Richard Irvin? We know who the true rhino is, poser. That's what you are, a poser and a coward. What was the question, though? How are you going to – if you're voting for Richard okay. Irvin, how are you going to call us rhinos? He's the, he's even worse than a rhino. He's mm. an imposter. Bishop. Somebody once said that the one you hit with the rock is the one that screams. It's like yeah. that rock that hit you in the head. Hey, listen, <laughs> Illinois Family Institute. Org. That's our website. Find out about a public school exit project. Got to get our kids out of government schools right yeah. away. Let me tell you something, though. I'll vote for Richard Irvin over J.B. Pritzker any day of the week. I won't vote. I, I will. Well, you, you can't because you're from Indiana. So what? <laughs> I mean, nothing you say matters. Hoff Daddy, thanks so much. It's always a great time when you come. I agree with that statement you yeah. just made, though. Yeah, yeah. I w- dude, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm voting for Richard. Richard Irvin's the, the, the nominee. I'm voting for Richard Irving. To become the next governor of the state of Illinois. Over, I am. Over J.B. Over Pritzker. J.B. Pritzker. Right. I will. Any one of the Republican candidates. I don't care who they are. Republican wins. I'm voting for them. Bishop, thank you so much. Thank hey, you. guys. See you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.